Welcome to A Shot of Life, a podcast aimed at highlighting the personal journeys of professionals and entrepreneurs in Canada, taking a snapshot of the person behind their professional title. I'm your host, Anton Haswell. This is episode two of our National Committee on Accreditation Journey sub-series. The NCA is a process by which all internationally trained lawyers must navigate. This subseries will focus on individuals who have already or are currently undertaking the accreditation journey in Canada. We will uncover the motivations, anxieties, failures, and triumphs in an aim to showcase the wide-ranging experiences many people face when looking to become a lawyer in Canada. The path to accreditation can be a long and arduous one, but one thing is for sure. You're not alone in taking on the challenge, and there is a lot you can learn from each other's experiences. Our second guest in this series is Vanessa Santaguida. Vanessa completed her first undergraduate degree at the University of Toronto, a Bachelor of Business Administration. She graduated with the highest GPA in the program, and she was the only student to receive high distinction. Vanessa then completed her Bachelor of Education at OISE at the University of Toronto. She became a teacher thereafter and has been teaching for almost a decade. She went on to complete her MBA at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University, and after completing her MBA with honors, Vanessa went on to start a PhD at Wilfrid Laurier University. She then left the program early to pursue law, realizing it was a passion she wanted to fulfill. Okay, hi Vanessa. Hi Anton, how are you today? Very good, very good. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we've, I've been speaking to people who are um, at various different um, stages in their, their careers in law and, and some in their studies of law. And um, I guess what I'd like to do at the outset is always start by maybe having you identify for everybody why you chose law. And I mean, I know that you've got quite a unique Actually, I know you have a very unique education history and background, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm wondering what inspired you to want to study law, and, and I, I suppose even beyond that, what inspired you to want to study law abroad? Well, Anton, I've always had an interest in law, to be honest. It intrigued me since I was quite young, at a very young age, but because I had simultaneous or concurrent, if you will, other passions, I didn't delve into law right away as a career option. I first pursued business, then teaching, then I moved to the research and consultation side of things. Mm -hmm. But one day I came to a point where I realized I didn't really have to choose one profession, designation, designation or career. Instead, I could really marry together multiple jobs and passions of mine, which is essentially what I'm doing now at the current time with um, you know, guiding students throughout the NCA process and offering tutoring services and materials. So when I started um, realizing I could you know, pursue law and, and as a career option, it was something that I, I did have a passion to do, I started researching various law degrees here in Canada, abroad, because I had heard a lot about doing law in the UK or even Australia at the time. I had mm-hmm. had some friends who had gone to Bond University. Mm-hmm. I did consider staying in Canada, but I wanted to diversify my educational background because I had embarked upon four degrees already, all within the same country, Canada mm-hmm. here, right? right? Within pretty much a close radius of one, one another. 
I mean, close enough given the expansive geographic nature of my province, which is Ontario. Right. And Laurier was really the furthest commute for me when I was completing some PhD level courses. And this was just a two hour drive away. Mm -hmm. So that was really at the heart of my decision to gain some diversity from an educational standpoint, but also to grow as a person professionally and personally and have that challenge of being on my way, on my own, sorry, across the pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think um, that sentiment, I share that as well. I I went to undergrad at U of T Mississauga and, and I lived with my parents and it was maybe a 15 minute bus ride away. And that was my commute. And uh, yes. I, I had never lived abroad. I mean, you know, when I, when I decided to go and study abroad, um, studying in London for me seemed to be quite exciting. And um, there was a lot in it though, for me, like I think, um, and I guess you could speak to this too, but diversifying your your experiences and and your educational background and i mean i suppose i mean i'm sure and i know that you did really well on your llb um but i found when i was there abroad in the uk that um probably even more challenging than the academics was the the personal challenges that you're confronted with you know all of a sudden um what sounds like a really great idea and ultimately always usually tends to be a really great outcome uh, while you're there, you're kind of going through the motions and, and there's these seeds of doubt, at least I experienced that, that you have when you're, you're sitting there alone. And I'm wondering, you know, how was that experience for you when you were abroad? How, how did you manage to, to get through it? Cause I think everybody has, has those moments, you know, and I'm wondering, did you experience that? And, and how did you get through that? Yeah, so for me, the major challenges really related to adjusting, like you said, to the culture, overall atmosphere of being in a completely new environment and in, in space. Mm -hmm. Because here in Canada, the support network for me is just minutes away. Um, but being across the pond meant that I could only really communicate at a distance with those that I loved and all my friends and those that have always offered me ongoing and robust support in my life. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the academic side of and nature of things, I mean, I've always fared well in academics. Of course, um, a law degree is very challenging and it does involve a lot of time and commitment and effort towards the studies, towards mm -hmm. your studies. But this wasn't difficult for me. Students just need to know when they do in, um, embark on this uh, journey that there is going to be a lot of effort that has to be put forth. and the time and commitment has to be there. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, that's one challenge, you know, it's, it's balancing that, that or managing that time that you have when you're abroad, wanting to explore and experience, but at the same time, always remembering that um, you're there to do a job basically. So I think you're, you're a hundred percent right there. So, you know, you, you get your, your law degree. Um, was there anything in you that thought maybe, I might want to stay in the UK to practice or was it always your end goal to to get that degree and come back to Canada and begin your your journey here? Oh, it was always always my ambition to return back home. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was lovely to have that experience, but Canada's my home base and mm -hmm. I absolutely adore my country and I uh, I was excited to, you know, complete that journey and portion of my life and life and then start the new chapter back here in Canada. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, 
speaking of that journey back in Canada, I mean, I think all internationally trained lawyers, I mean, everybody's got such a unique story about obtaining their degrees, whether it's in their home jurisdictions, like, uh, like a Pakistan, let's say, or in India, or whether they get their degree in the UK, like you and I did. Um, everybody's greeted by the gatekeeper, and that is the NCA. Um, what what was your first experience with the NCA? How did you find out how to navigate that process? Did you get help or, you know, given your experience in education and things like that, were you easily able to navigate that process or just, just speak a little bit about how you found that and, and how you navigated the NCA process? Oh gosh. So mm-hmm. one would think because um, the fact that I've, you know, I have such a strong academic background that I'm a teacher that it would be uh, a little bit more straightforward. But even for someone like me, Mm -hmm. I found the process was extremely overwhelming when I returned home from England. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm being entirely forthright and honest, I felt very unprepared um, just in terms of, you know, there was no um, parting tips or advice from Mm -hmm. when I left England, which I kind of expected there would be because a lot of students in England who are completing their law degrees or pursuing them, um, a lot of the universities are aware that they're coming back to Canada, right, to right. pursue law here. So that was very uh, shocking. I felt alone. And I even maybe I would classify it as anxiety ridden, really, to embark on this portion of the process and journey. At the time, uh, I felt the NCA website did not provide as much guidance and direction as it does now. Yeah. Now, um, you know, they revamped their website. It's a little bit more informative. Um, they do a really fantastic job with guiding students as to what the steps are, um, how to go about answering even problem questions using IRAC, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, supportive website. Uh, at the time, I had no one to ask questions to. I didn't understand how many exams I should take at once, what is recommended. There was really, Anton, no benchmark or barometer in any respect or regard. It just felt like, uh, here here you are, now go situation. Yeah. Where yeah. I would decide my courses or NC exams more specifically, and that was it. And it was all just conducting research on my own, mm-hmm. figuring out, okay, you know, uh, there were NCA groups, but there weren't a plethora of them as there are now. And now there's so many more tutors and support out there and other students. I mean, this was a a few years ago, but yes, at the time, um, there was a lack thereof for sure when it came to the groups and tutors. And, and of course they were still existent. They, they did exist, but, um, I just know I was, I felt very alone in the process and some students come to me now and they say the same thing and I try and be there for them as much as I can because I can totally relate and I remember exactly those feelings as if it was yesterday. Yeah, no, I, I, you hit on something just at the beginning of that was that when you're in the UK, you kind of expect the institution you're at to at least help get you prepared for that journey back home because you're right they do know that you're there um, and you're Canadian and um, your motivation is to go back home and practice but I think there is a bit of a lack to be quite honest in the with the UK institutions in particular of them getting students ready for the journey I mean what I've heard time and time again from internationally trained lawyers who are Canadian specifically is that getting the degree is you know step one out of ten steps 
Um, and it, it, it seems when you're in the moment, when you're studying on the, you know, when you're studying contracts in the UK, it seems like this is the end all be all. Um, but really, it's just one step. And I think to this day, you're right. I mean, there's tons of groups on Facebook now. There's more support than ever. And I do agree the NCA does a much better job of communicating. I mean, it, it is, I think people need to realize it's a relatively small office um, and they field questions <laughs> 24 hours a day from, from people all over the world um, and they, they do their best. Um, but I think that's where the institution could step in a little bit. And I do think that they're lacking um, with that. So, so you get to Canada, um, you, you've, you've know, you, you, you're feeling alone and you manage to navigate this whole NCA process and you manage to figure out the exams and you learn the IRAC method and, and you do well on the exams. And so you're finished. So what do you do then? Or so you think. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I use the word finished in air quotes. So the NCAs are done, right? Now you can practice law, right? No, actually. So, so what was your experience once that finished? Well, my experience, once again, is very unique. I wrote mm -hmm. the NCAs while I was working multiple teaching jobs. I was actually pregnant while mm. writing my NCA exams. Right. Um, I finished and I gave birth, my greatest accomplishment of life. And Amazing, uh, yeah. Then I wanted to embark on the lawyer licensing process, but because I was on maternity leave, I decided to just write the bar exams. When I say just, I mean I had a newborn baby. Right, yeah. So I wrote the bar exams. I did very well. I mean, I, once again, academically, um, it is uh, one of my fortes. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have much trouble, but I got through the bar exams while I was on mat leave. I cleared all the exams, NCAs and bar exams on my first attempt. Mm -hmm. And then when I cleared everything and I was done, I started my articling when I finished mat leave. But once again, the journey, it sometimes feels like it's never ending. Right. That being said, I really encourage students always to embrace the journey because it is where you grow the most. Mm. And I look back and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Even, you know, the crazy nights of studying and the nerve wracking moments where, you know, it's hours before an exam. And I think, wait a second, what does this defense mean? Do I really know enough about Actus Reis? Like just, you know, I'm just throwing things out yeah, there. Yeah. But, no, yeah. But, um, at the end of the day, when you get to that finish line, it's done. And it's a bittersweet moment because it's, you know, you, you pat yourself on the back and you say, I made it. But wow, everything I went through to get here, like I am a perseverant person. Like I have perseverance. I am, you know, determined and you see yourself in a different light. And it's just, it, it really uh, molds you into almost a different person. Mm. At least I feel now as if it's like, I can do anything. If I could become a lawyer while doing my degree, because if you do your degree abroad, um, then you have to go through that additional process of the NCAs, right? Yep. So it does make it that um, more challenging and it is an additional obstacle. So if you go about it that route, then it's like you really went through a mission and mm -hmm. a journey to get to where you are today. And so honestly, anybody who's going through it, anybody who is in the midst of like completing it, anybody who's done it, I applaud you because you are a magnificent person and I understand what you had to go through to get where you are today. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right there. And I think, I mean, speaking to people as I have been for this podcast, I've, there's, there seems to be this prevailing theme, you know, it's recurring. Um, again, you know, everybody's journey is different, but that 
maturation of you as a person, the evolution is constant. Everybody references that like, wow, you know, I completed this thing. Uh, I managed to navigate all these, this red tape and these, these potential pitfalls that would have been in your way. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. It is, it is definitely worth congratulating um, people for getting through that. And, and so when you, when you finish those bar exams and you're, you're there and you're called, and I think Vanessa, you were called this year, correct? Yes. Unfortunately, I was the first group um, that had it an online virtual ceremony. Right. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. So we didn't get to have, uh, you know, the in-person experience, which is really unfortunate. I was really looking forward to it. And it really makes you feel, um, you know, like it is a monumental moment that mm-hmm. our class did not get to experience, but it's okay. You know what? At the end of the day, I'm so blessed and we all are. And so it's, yeah. uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it would have been nice to have that cherry on top of the proverbial Sunday, but um, you just, you know, you have to do what you have to do. I mean, it's a pandemic, so things change. Uh, so, so you've, you know, you've been called and, and all of that. And so now where you sit today, I know you're, you have a passion for teaching. Um, and we can talk um, a little bit about what you do and, you know, how the services that you offer students so they can learn a little bit more. But I wonder, um, where you see yourself in, let's say, 10 years, you know, like your future aspirations, do they involve practicing law full time? Or, you know, is it sort of a hybrid? I mean, nowadays, with the advent of, of you know, good technology, um, the legal profession, as I see it, can be what you want to make of it. It doesn't necessarily have to follow the old the old path where, you know, you start as associate, you get junior, then you get senior partner and thing. So I'm wondering, where do you see yourself and what are your aspirations? What would you, what would you love to be doing in 10 years? So truly and honestly, yes, I love teaching. Passion is like an understatement. Mm. I garner so much fulfillment when I hear my students feel that, you know, they're prepared. During the exams this week, you know, I've gotten tons of messages saying, your exam review class was amazing, and I feel so confident. And then they tell me after, and the exam went so well, and thank you so much. And that for me is just this level of satisfaction and fulfillment that I can't really um, find elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really hard to say in 10 years from now, because who knows where, yeah. where life will take us. Like True. I didn't imagine that I would have a baby at this point, And I do. And I didn't imagine that I would be teaching instead of practicing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me teaching, um, and guiding students in terms of, you know, how to approach the NCAs, um, devising materials to assist them throughout their studies. This is where my passion lies. This is something I love to do. And This is something that, I mean, if students will have me, because I say this, because for me, it's all about the students and their experience, right, with the Mm -hmm. various tutors. Um, If, you know, things continue down the path they are, then I would just, like, love to continue, um, like, serving students, serving the NBA community, uh, assisting them in achieving their aspirations. Because when I see other students attain their goals, it's almost like I'm reliving those moments for myself time and time again. Right. And it's like, what more could I ask for in a career than having this satisfaction that just warms my heart and literally fulfills me to the brim in terms of what you would expect from a job, um, you know, satisfaction type. 
thing really yeah no yeah it, do, it does sound like you found this this sort of nice um happy medium between all of the education that you've gone through and your credentials and your law degree but also this passion for teaching so yeah i mean if you've if you found it then absolutely why not just continue to pursue that so that that's great it's it's great to hear and um i guess normally I like to close on, you know, all this being said, everything that we've discussed, and I think I, I probably know the answer to this, but, you know, through, through feeling alone through the process of the NCAs and, and you know, you, know, you having, having a newborn and, and trying to get over the bar exams and things like that, would you do it all again if you could see yourself maybe however long ago it was when you first embarked on the law degree abroad? If you know what you know now, would you do it again? That's a that's a loaded question. When you say <laughs> the answer, I'm very uh, curious. Uh. You thought that answer was, but no. You know what? Ultimately, I would do it all again. Um, I would do it all again. Would I maybe adjust a couple things? Perhaps I think mm-hmm. while I was in England, I would have traveled that much more. I would have really taken the time to do that. Um. I did study day and night. I put in a lot of time and there was a great deal of commitment into my studies. Mm -hmm. I think I would have maybe relaxed a a little bit more um, in that regard. Um, And I think that, you know, overall for me, it went very smoothly by and large. I mean, it was a smooth process. As I said, I grew personally and professionally so much. I met so many phenomenal people on my journey from professors to educational um, guidance instructors or people who were just with the faculty to friends, to peers, to colleagues, you name it, to, you know, articling principals and bosses and Mm -hmm. the works really. And I would just say I became, um, you know, a stronger person who's just filled with so much gratitude for everything that I've learned along the way and so much gratitude for my family and my parents, particularly who Mm. have given me so much support and love and encouragement every single step of the way. And, you know, any, anything I can tell to other people studying abroad is like, just, you know, know your support system and keep in touch with them and always be cognizant that those people, they're there for you Mm. and reach out to them when you need them. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, I was hinting that I might know the answer. And I think the answer would have been, yes, you would do it again. But it is actually unique. And I think everybody does consider that question to be quite a loaded one. Like, I think, yeah, you would do things differently, especially when you're on your degree. I've heard that before. But again, this prevailing sentiment of the growth that you've experienced personally and professionally is so worth it that um, although you may have done some things differently, ultimately, you're proud and happy um, where you are today. So I think, uh, I think that, that's a great way to end it, Vanessa. And I suppose, you know, just, just uh, do you have any social media or any way that people can get in touch with you or follow you if, uh, if they're interested? Yes, of course. So I do have, um, I mean, just my Facebook ID is Vanessa Space Santa, as in Santa Claus. So S-A-N-T-A, very simple. Um, I do have a page. It's called NCA Guidance. It will be changed to NCA Mentor soon. Um, And yeah, I really encourage students to reach out to me. I offer pro bono, you know, 
guidance just in terms of if students even want to know about how to strategize in terms of you know how many exams to write at one time if they just have general inquiries I dedicate roughly five hours actually sometimes more a week just to simply answering questions pro bono. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I mentioned, I offer materials and other services to assist in this amazing yet challenging journey. Yes, great. Yep, I agree, Vanessa. And, and I know that you do great work. So I definitely encourage people to, uh, you know, if they've got questions or if they're unsure to seek you out. Um, and Thanks. Thanks again for taking some time out of um, what is, I know, a very busy day to, uh, to speak with me and, uh, and the listeners. Thank you so much, Anton. It was a pleasure. And that does it for episode two of Shot of Life. Uh, I'd like to thank Vanessa for taking time out of her busy day. Um, that's a prevailing theme throughout. Everybody's got a lot of things on the go, and, and it does mean a lot, I'm sure, for, for myself and the listener to to have different perspectives on, on the journey to legal accreditation in Canada. So again, thanks, Vanessa, for that. I think, again, prevailing theme amongst most of these podcasts here is that um, while journeys are different, a lot of the the same feelings prevail throughout and that is um, you know your growth and evolution as a person through anxieties and and some painful moments and some some difficult moments I think um, perseverance is the key word and um, I hope that Vanessa's story helped to inspire that this episode was brought to you by the Toronto School of Management's NCA exam prep program the NCA exam preparation program from the Toronto School of Management is designed for internationally trained lawyers and law graduates who are planning to write the National Committee on Accreditation's five mandatory examinations. At TSM, you're part of a high quality program taught by experienced faculty. TSM has a vibrant Toronto campus situated in Canada's legal and cultural hub. With in-class and online learning options available to you, TSM endeavors to fit your unique needs and busy lifestyle. I can speak just anecdotally about the program is that um, the Toronto School of Management's NCA prep program is looking to undertake um, an employ quarterly employability sessions for students um, and professionally trained, internationally trained lawyers. What, what we found is that um, while, you know, passing exams is wonderful, um, internationally trained lawyers probably need a little bit more help in gaining more access to industry. And so this is what the Toronto School of Management's NCA exam prep program is looking to do and be holding quarterly employability sessions aimed at, you know, helping internationally trained lawyers with Canadian CV composition, as well as cover letter writing, um, mock interview sessions, um, just basically creating a really well-rounded application profile for the internationally trained lawyers and um, amongst other things, networking and, and things like that. So um, I think um, it, it's a pretty interesting program. And for those of you who haven't heard of it yet, um, I, I definitely recommend you check it out. And um, on that note, we'll end this episode here and um, we'll speak again soon.